Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We are your hosts. Hello. Today we have an awesome guest for you that we sat down with when we were in New York back at the end of the year, and so we are going to get to her right after we do some trials and triumphs. Mm, love some Nikki. Yay. <laughs> All right. Um, who wants to go? I mean, I can go or whatever. T- Go. Take it, it away. Do it. Well, this is sort of a lame one, but I'm just, we were all sick over Christmas and it was just disgusting. We're still like recovering from it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone is trying to quarantine me. Like, yeah, I don't want you near me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's anyways, it's just, I had the stomach bug on Christmas day. Gross. It's actually throwing Mm-mm. up on Christmas Mm-mm. day. Gross. No fun. Mm-mm. And now I have this. You must've been naughty this year. Lovely call. <laughs> Oh, that's so anyways, sorry, excuse me for the like disgusting sound that I'm making, but we're yeah. hopefully going to edit those out. <laughs> you can't edit out my voice. You're, I think it sounds sort of sexy. Her cracking voice. Hello. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, great. I'm so glad. See? Um, but then my triumph, y'all, I got, if you're listening, Ina, it's <gasps> time for you to join the podcast. I got her new cookbook, Cook Like a Pro for Christmas. And... I wanted to, sh- like, if y'all haven't gone out and got it, you should totally get it. But I cooked her pork pozole from, mm-hmm. the, from the cookbook. Y'all, it was so good. And with this disgusting sore throat that I have, I have been all about the soups. Mm. So I thought I might post a couple links to some of my favorite soup recipes yes. on there. Uh, Caroline, my soup cook-off's coming up, so I need Ooh. some good recipes. It is, yeah. Okay, yeah. Please post it. I want I want the link now. Um, the Miles, or sorry, the Ina one is her pork pasoli, and I've always liked pork pasoli, and I had a different recipe, but when I saw it in the cookbook, I was like, oh, I need to try this one and see if it's better, because obviously all of Ina's recipes are better than what you have. <sighs> so There's um, never a bad Ina recipe. And in this one, you like mush up a bunch of um tortilla chips and you like dunk it in there so it has like sort Little of crunch. a corn no no it um oh. it gets soggy so it's like but it has sort of like a corn flavor but without like corn kernels uh-huh. I guess. anyway so good and then i have a couple other um one of them that i've been doing on the repeat is a um white bean chicken and jalapeno okay. with like a bunch of lime in i'm it. in i'm in anything so white bean so i love white beans same. I can eat you. a can of white beans with some cilantro and olive oil for a meal. I love it. It's so, so weird. And I love, love in the it. soup how they sort of break down and they make the broth like really creamy. I oh, yeah. About a white bean. Anyways, so I'll. I need all those recipes. Those okay. And yeah. the show notes. Or today. But if you're yeah. if you're in the market for a new cookbook, I highly suggest Cook Like a Pro. And of course, like all Ina's cookbooks, it has a bunch of like tips in the front about. Um, like how to make your dishes look prettier, how oh. to be a better cook, all that nice. kind of stuff. Like as though you're you cooking like a pro. So I have so many of her cookbooks. And you I know, I get them. rid of I've yeah. gotten you know, I'm a purger. 
And especially with the basement renovation, like we went through the basement and that's where I kept a lot of my cookbooks. And I'm just like, I don't need these because I'll look them all up online. But the Ina ones I kept. Yeah. Just because I I love the stories around them. It's just not the same to look it up online. Yeah. There's something there that I agree. I can't resist. Well, and a lot of her recipes you can find online, but not every single one. Right. right. Sometimes I've had trouble where I've just wanted to like reference it to get ingredients, even though I have the hard copy. And mm-hmm. anyway, so. Yep. Anyhow. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I can go next. Okay. Okay. My trial, guys. So you know how we shoot the catalog, and when we're shooting the catalog, we purchase plants to yes. fill mm. real plants to fill the spaces. Well, when the shoot's over, they bring the half-dead plants back to the office sometimes, mm-hmm. and they pretty much are like, if anyone would like a half-dead plant, come get it. <laughs> yes. So last photo shoot and. I got a cute little um, bun leaf fern, mostly dead. I mean, there was like some 30% life on some of the branches. And I was like, I've been feeling motivated with my 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 fiddle leaves are still. Thumb. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, let's do this fern, you and me. So I <laughs> watered it and I've been like, you know, watching it. And I it. kept it here because we have a in our kitchen downstairs at work, there is a um, nice window with lots of sunlight and I'd read that it needed sunlight and stuff. So I'd kind of perched it in that window and cut back some of the dead, but like left a good bit of it. And I got back last Wednesday, it's gone. Someone stole it? Someone stole it. So the cleaning crew wasn't here. Like, well, do you think it just died and then someone threw it away? So I'm like, oh, dead plant. I was here on Monday and it was here. So that means... Oh, or, like, I was like just thinking you meant Eve. over the holidays. Oh, okay. Yeah, like either on Monday after I left, <laughs> someone was like, I think someone did. So I completely, I emailed the whole downstairs at Ballard and I was like... Give me my plant. I was like, one, I need my plant back. <laughs> Two, it was half dead. Who wanted that? <laughs> Three, if you threw it away, just let me know so I can stop like longing for my plant. Four, if you're not going to return it, please water it. It needed lots of water. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Guys, no one, no one oh, has fessed up. Somebody, and I didn't send it to the whole, whole office, like up to up No, the because you also you. don't want to appear insane. Okay. <laughs> Crazy plant so, lady. yeah. I thought one email would be funny. Like, hey, right. did someone touch this plant? But I decided two would be like, I don't. I wasn't that invested, yeah. but I was bummed that someone stole my plant. I bet there's another explanation. No, I think someone took it and they just don't want to fess up. They're just like, nope, I'm not going to own it. Why would someone take it was a, half, a dead. half dead plant? I think someone said, this is a dead plant. Why has this dead plant been sitting here for six weeks? I'm throwing it away. Okay, But it had only literally been there like three weeks. Okay, three weeks. Why has a dead plant been sitting here three weeks? I'm throwing <laughs> it away. We have so many plants downstairs, like in our area, mm-hmm. that I thought it'd be like a great ad once it kind of came back to life. Mm-hmm. And the kitchen's right Next mm-hmm. to my yeah, head, it's like gone. the south southern exposure. Yeah. yeah, and and trash. I'm sure it's sitting in a trash Here, can. Here's somewhere. my advice: go up to Ace Hardware and spend four dollars and get another fern and shut it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a triumph <laughs> that I have not. Maybe done. I'll run get you one. <laughs> I can bring you a half dead plant from my house. <laughs> I certainly have some. Oh, fine. Anyway, I'm letting it go that my plant got stolen from work. Your plant it's did fun. not get stolen. Somebody, Someone decided it was dead. That's 
probably true. All right, so on to my <laughs> triumph. I mean, there are live plants down there. Why wouldn't they just take those? I don't, you know, I what I'm don't know why they don't. If they were done for a plant. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Um, my triumph is my son has started daycare. So we don't have my sister watching um, Elliot at our house anymore with her son. Rearranging the furniture mm-hmm. constantly. So <laughs> the... Good part about Christmas is we put up all the Christmas stuff and I'm able to put like everything back. And we've already started the process of like Elliot's like reaching for things and being like, no, like, right. you know, like we don't yeah. go in ahead and starting it. Cause again, he's my kid. I can like set the parameters right. and like put things in place so that he knows to just stop. Don't and he's it, already yeah. like, even as young as he is, you already can tell he like, at first, he might have obsessed over something for like a few days. We had to keep being like, no, no, no. And then literally now, or at least at this point, he's like stopped going to that. And he's found a new little like something to get into. Yeah. But um, he knows what. Yeah. Where is his like play? Yes. But like I brought out all my glass jars that sit on the floor of different size. And there's like different. Anyway, I was just excited to like get my stuff back out and in place after Christmas too. Uh-huh. You want that yeah. like. Right. So it the felt purge. so good. That was my triumph. I just was excited to kind of you have your get house my back. house back for right now. Like I know with what phase he's in, maybe I'll have to move stuff for his safety. But right now we're good. How's the cord thing going? That was one of your last yeah. trials. He loved a cord and your glasses. We've moved on to the fireplace. We love the fireplace mm. now. Oh. Um, we love the andirons, which are big brass balls mm, on like a course. cast iron base. Yes. And they don't stay in place. Mm-hmm. So he loves to hold on to it and then fall backwards. So he's learning lessons. <laughs> <laughs> We're all learning together. It sounds like he needs like a wrist. Some like, the, you know, those like roller oh, yeah. skating, like wrist pads and like a helmet at home just in he case does. just for a little while. Oh, poor oh. baby. Anyway. I feel like that's probably like a boy thing too. Like, don't you think boys are probably a lot more like. I don't know. I only had boys. Oh. So I don't know. Oh. You tell us. You're the one with the girl. Okay. You keep us posted. Yeah. Let us know if she's just all into everything. Too. <laughs> we have it's, a little while, luckily, before that happens. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, for TikTok. Now, you think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my turn? Yes. Yes. Y'all, I bought a bunch of furniture from my basement. Now, keep in mind, this is my triumph. Keep in mind, my furniture, I mean, my basement is not finished. <laughs> so where are we? Can we yeah, reverse? Yeah, Tell us little... exactly where we are in, our, in your basement. Um, the basement, so all the walls are up. The electrical's done. The walls are all painted. The trim, um, it, well, furniture was arriving before all the trim was really in. But the trim is now in and painted. The flooring's in. It's It's sort of... Like nothing's in the bathroom yet. Sixty percent. I'd say it's more. <laughs> um, but like all the kitchen cabinets are in. There's a little kitchen in, but the countertop's not in. You know, uh-huh. stuff like that. So I'd say it's probably seventy percent. Um, to me, I feel like it's way further along. But then, like they'll spend two days, like framing out a window that's arched because it's very hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that took two yeah. days. You know, where I'm like, it all looks very close to me, but there's yeah. apparently things that. I know nothing about. (laughs) Shocking. So I bought all this furniture. Well, I bought a few things from Ballard back in the fall because it was double points. Mm. And I have a Ballard Designs credit card because I buy stuff at Ballard Designs all the time. And for every dollar you spend, you get a reward dollar or something like, no, $100, you get $10 or something. Anyway, I knew I was going to be spending thousands of dollars because I was getting some upholstered bar stools. I wanted to get an upholstered banquette and I wanted to get the Compton's bar. And I'm like, well, 
that's a lot of dough. I'll be getting yeah. hundreds of dollars back in rewards because you get double rewards too. So I bought it all back in the fall. Well, <laughs> then it starts arriving. Yeah. Um, and um, so my God, I was like, stop stop buying furniture. Um, but anyway, I've got some amazing stuff. I got this long velvet banquet. The walls, like I've told you, are peacocky blue. I got this long velvet banquet, the Deidre, that's sort of a whiskey color velvet that's channel back, um, which is really pretty. And then um, I... I told you I got some bar stools that are also velvet. They're kind of sort of a blue velvet, not exactly the color of the wall, just kind of blue. And then um, I got, I went to this little vintage store up the street from our house and um, brought some stuff home on approval. And it's called City Issue. And it's where I got that cool lamp that I've talked about before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really great place. So I went in there just one day with Joe on a whim and we were sitting in these chairs and they were dark purple. And I'm, these are so comfy. Like these would be great in the basement. And so then, you know, are they like lounge chairs or like, um, dining chairs? No, they're upholstered lounge chairs, okay. but they're not big. It's a small footprint okay. and they have a sort of a metal chrome leg base thing, okay. but they're tufted dark purple upholstery Mm. yeah which looks really pretty with like the the sort of whiskey mustard colored velvet and the peacock colored walls all very jewelry tone um and then they had this really neat blue kind of a teal blue chaise thing and then this other chair that was cream i know know. i'm like i want all this stuff (laughs) joe's like okay you're insane but okay well we'll bring it home because they're like oh you can take anything on approval that's nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So then, all right, here's my trial. Of course, then you get it in and you're like, I love it all. I love it all. Yeah. So here's they my trial. Know that. I got it all in and I loved mm-hmm. it all. Um, but I did. I wasn't really firm or understood in my head, like exactly how long I had till I had to return it. So long story short, I ended up returning one of the items, but it went over too long. So now I have a, a, a city issue credit. Mm. <laughs> store credit mm-hmm. um, i'm like now i don't need anything but i'll just have to well now wait be until i need in. something yeah. yeah because i told you i want to redo my living room so i'm just okay, be watching there for some chairs that's or something funny. but you like you get i got yeah. the two chairs for eight hundred dollars i mean what a deal that's a good that's deal great. you know yeah. yeah um so anyway it all looks good and i got this really cool rug from front gate that um is a performance rug that's kind of takes in all the jewel tones of all that stuff so as i get as i get it all together i'll yeah we need some pictures okay obviously. it's not really together yet but... <laughs> that 70 isn't enough to take a photo yet <laughs> okay well it's a work in progress i'm happy to show work in progress yeah, photos, photos. <laughs> we'll take them so it's exciting i'm excited y'all it'll be good when it's done okay can we do like a podcast totally we can sit down there on the deidre yeah (laughs) and i've got like cute tables that are coming in yes lots of good things down there happening wow okay let's talk to nikki yay let's do it we are so excited this week to have nikki clendenning um, she is originally from South Carolina as an interior designer and in New York City. In New York in New, New York, York City. City. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. That's true. Um, and she also has a online shop called Beetle that has her well, let's say you're known for your eclectic style and incorporating vintage finds to all your projects. So now her shop Beetle is where you can find 
her many treasures her that vintage she's vintage yes. yes yeah and I'm wearing some earrings that I bought at and your pop up in Charleston. On you. Aren't they fun? They jingle. So if they you hear do. that, that's your fault. <laughs> okay. But they look, you look great. Yeah, they are fabulous. I like them. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you yes. so much for having me. Yes. I love it. It's a southern contingency. That's in right. The 18th floor overlooking <laughs> Madison. I love it. That's right. We're going to take over the city. Southerners <laughs> unite. <laughs> so tell us how you kind of started in this business. How did you end up here? So oh, that's a that's a long long story. But the the short. <laughs> version of it is um, I went to school I went to college um, in Charleston at the College of Charleston and I have an art history degree I thought I was going to be Indiana Jones that's really one I wanted to be when I grew <laughs> up and um, changed my major when I realized I wasn't going to just be given money to go dig in Egypt mm-hmm. and so I chose a really practical art history um, yeah. avenue which <laughs> I actually is French literature <laughs> right all those practical <laughs> things I do art is the thing I, I actually really love the most um, and for a long time, I worked in galleries and sold art. And um, I've always had creative jobs. I worked, I lived in New Orleans for a couple of years after college and worked for an interior designer. Um, made back to Charleston, um, worked with my best friend who's an event planner, and then just knew I wanted to be in New York. And so I actually had two younger brothers who were living here, and I came to visit them for Christmas and um, didn't go back. <laughs> and so I landed in the book publishing world and was have done that for a long time and then about 10 years ago met i had a business partner for a while and we were both trying to figure out what we were going to do and somehow decided to open an interior design business <laughs> <laughs> things you do without really th- i mean we but how old would- were you when you did that oh I'm, I'm- old <laughs> Oh, we're too uh, old enough to know better. Um, oh yeah, that's going to be actually a chronic problem my entire life. So it's like, aren't you old enough to know better? Um, I was thirty when I moved to um, New York, and so it wasn't my first career. And I really did the. I had a headhunter, and my goal was to get back into the art world. And so um, it's not where I landed, um, but I've always had creative jobs, and mm-hmm. I've always. Um, you know anything that was in that realm. So I've done lots of different things. Um, and interior design and opening the shop or just the last, last. may not be the last. You never, you never know. I'm, I'm a yes person. I'm sort of like, okay, what, what are we going to do next? I'll try it. Yeah. Why not? So the shop though, I was trying to read up on it and mm-hmm. you and whatnot. And I feel like basically you just had so much stuff. You were like, I got to sell some of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a slight oh bit of hoarder. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. I'm a slight hoarder. I think part of the issue for, well, particularly living in New York, um, I did have a storage. I did have so much stuff that I did have a storage unit for a while because the flea markets in New York used to be so much better. I don't know if you ever remember. There was like a whole cluster of them in Chelsea. And then slowly the they've all, you know, it's shrunk down to one little spot. But um, I just kept buying them. I was like, oh, I can't leave this pair of lamps. I didn't really have a design project for them. But I, I, could, I was like, I can't leave these or, you know, rugs or art or whatever it was. So um, for a long time, I had a storage unit just because of my apartment does look like a hoarder's mm-hmm. lair. You'll have to come for cocktails and see. <laughs> um, it's stuff stuck everywhere. Um, and part of it was um, born out of, I have a really good friend um, who sort of was, st- I had been thinking about what I was going to do next. What what would I do if I was going to do something else? And I have a tendency to get bored, so I'm sort of go off on a tangent. And I, a lot of um, what I, you know, when you're out and about, people are asking me, like, what are you wearing? And I'm almost universally wear vintage. And so they'd ask about the jewelry and where can I get this? And I'm like, I don't. So right. I sort of started from from that and literally having enough inventory that I 
could shoot. You could do it. <laughs> I could shoot and put start a site. So it uh-huh. took me a couple of years to sort out the name and the what and to, to make it all happen. Um, but it was born out of totally being a hoarder, not being able to leave <laughs> great things that I found because I, I, you know, I was sure that they would find a home somewhere. You know, I just didn't know where. Right. <laughs> and they, uh, so, uh-huh. Well, yeah. it sounds like they have. So, well, is it now uh-huh. though a, a full-time job for you to find the right stuff for this? Um, or is I'm this all, I always joke that um, I'm always shopping. I am always, because it is true. Um, no, it's, it's a subset of certainly what I do. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I, it may lead to other things. I've had some interesting, um, I'm a yes person to my core. So if something interesting were to come up, um, the other thing that I think people don't realize is that it, or they may, it takes a long time to find, I'm not just buying things book to buy them. Right. I'm buying them because I love them because ultimately I own them. They're mine. Yeah. So, you know, like the earrings that you have on, I bought them. I love them. So, um, and it takes, you know, I can go to the you know flea markets or thrift stores or wherever dealers that I, you know, shop with and not find anything for months. Mm-hmm. So uh, it takes a long time mm-hmm. um, to find a group of things that I'm really thrilled with. So about three times a year, I try and update the site. So I'll get a group of things and photograph them and, and then add them to the website. And I just... Um, I'm a little behind on that front just because I did the trunk show mm-hmm. in Charleston. Right. So I held everything for that. So Okay. There are two things I want to ask. And so I don't forget, I'm going to say them both out loud and then we can circle back. <laughs> One is where in the world do you like to go to shop mm-hmm. for your, for your, for yourself and for mm-hmm. your, for, for Beetle. And secondly, um, which I want you to answer first is at the pop-up in Charleston at the garden and gun um, shop, you had these really cool white tunics that I believe mm-hmm. your mother embroidered she did. on. She did. Um, talk about that a minute. Cause they were pretty cool. Cause there was like black embroidery on these white yes. tunics. Well, that's actually a great story. So, um, my mom is an, I grew up in a tiny town in Tell um, us town. Pickens, South Carolina <laughs> um, on a farm. So I'm a, I far, a farm girl. Oh, I mean, no, no, no. I went to college in Greenville, but I went, I grew up in Leesville. Have you ever heard of that? Know. See, where's uh-huh. that? I don't know. It's little. <laughs> well, Pickens is little. It's in South Carolina. <laughs> it was, um, but my mom. So I grew up on this farm. So I'm a tomboy farm girl at heart. But my mom, um, we didn't have a TV growing up, and we read a ton. We got magazines, and um, my mom is an artist and is super creative. And so she's always doing stuff. She was always making our clothes, or you know, we just had we had complete creative control over our bedrooms and what we wore. And um, I didn't realize how big of a thing that was until later in life when you meet people who that didn't wasn't the case and um so the great thing about that is that so my mother lives in france and so uh i've been buying and wearing for years these old french linen night shirts they're about 100 years old because the linen is so extraordinary they hold up but invariably they'll have a frayed sleeve or a cuff or you know and you just find them at the brocantes there so i've been buying and wearing them and i showed up um to visit her this summer and she had one that I had left there and it had holes in the arm and she embroidered, had taken and I didn't know she was doing this, but embroidered the whole arm with this beautiful, like sort of abstracted face faces. And it was to cover the holes. I was like, Oh mom, that's interesting. And I literally had, you know, 10 of them sitting there and then I found some more. And so, um, I said, let's do this fun collaboration. It gave her something really fun to do. And, um, I knew I was going to be doing the trunk show and, um, I thought it would be a really fun thing to, to have. Mm-hmm. And plus I got to walk around the whole night. I wore one at the opening that we had and I kept going, my mom made it for me. <laughs> oh, I made this for me. So I truly have been, uh, wearing clothes that she's made me my entire life. 
and fixing up stuff. So wow, yeah, that was so part cool. of it. Yeah, that it's so fun. nice in a world of mass everything. I'm not a mass girl. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's it's hard. I, I should back up and say, n- not in its entirety. I think you know anything. Any you know a house full of mid-century modern or any any or any aesthetic that you wear, I think it's just so much more interesting to break that up and and to do something um, different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At least I hope so. So back to my other question: <laughs> Where in the world do you like? To, where are your little favorite nooks Honks, and crannies shucks. that you? Yeah. Um, well, because I, I, my mother does live in France and every year I go, every summer I go and spend a couple of weeks with her. Um, she lives near Bordeaux. So, um, in the summer you, we just spend, uh, Saturday and Sunday driving around to Bur- the Bercants that are in the area. So, um, those what, what does are, that mean? They're flea markets. Okay. And so, you know, um, sometimes there'll be 20 people and sometimes there'll be 200 people. Um, so I do that. And then for the past couple of years, I have a, a, a sister who lives in Vicenza in Italy. And it's very different there. They have flea markets, but they're more... Um, where mom, my mom is, they're more, it's more rural and less she, she, I would say. And they're more like your traditional flea markets. But in Italy, it's different. They're more like antique markets and they're more expensive mm-hmm. and a completely different, get, find very different things there. So I've been doing, um, been shopping those pretty consistently for a long time. I love, I used to go to Brimfield, um, which is great, but um, I'm really a round top girl. I've been going to round top for a long time. What's the difference too? To me, the difference um, in going to Round Top is that you get more European antiques. Um, and it's just a, a much bigger, it's become, it's grown. When I started going, no one I knew had gone and yeah. no one was going. And I feel like that's completely different now. Everybody's going mm-hmm. and knows about it. And the, when I was there, um, most recently, um, there are now permanent structures that people have come in and set up and it's extended the dates. And so it's, and it's spread out. So I, I've, I've, it's huge. Um, and I just find that it's more interesting to me. It's a little bit less Americana, which I'm not, it's not really an aesthetic that I gravitate towards and it's more European. You know, you've got dealers that come in from all over the world there. So I think it's just a greater variety of things that you find. Mm -hmm. Um, so I love shopping there. Um, I am a flea market girl, so I go, um, when I'm in New York on the weekends, I go always go to the, still the small little Chelsea flea market. I just went, um, on Saturday to Lambertville, which has the Golden Nugget, um, which is about two hours outside the city. Um, unfortunately the weather was really bad. Um, and so there weren't a ton of vendors, um, but it's in the summer. I think it's going to be great to go back to. Um, it's where a lot of the dealers that had been selling in New York um, when we had the garage, um, and you could have um, uh, better your things out. They weren't exposed to elements, uh-huh. so they've all sort of gone there and are, are doing well. So um, when I'm in LA, I do the Rose Bowl. I go. To, I love the Santa Monica, Long Beach, mm-hmm. um, and then thrift stores. Yeah, anytime like in. Palm Beach or Florida, they always have the best uh, thrift stores. So I go there a lot too. Really? Do you have, when you go to the flea markets, the ones that you go to like really routinely, mm-hmm. do they all know you? They do. They do. Um, it, I would say it's a little bit less so now. I mean, in New York, because the, the, it's not the same crew. Some of mm-hmm. them are, but it's changed. Um, really, when the garage um, was open was where I had a little relationship. I've been buying from dealers for 15 years or more, and um, I certainly do. It's a, it's a funny family of people, but yes, I do know them. Is it like... 
I know that this happens a lot with like antique stores, but do, do, does anyone like call you and say, hey, I have this thing that I've acquired? They do. do you, okay. They do. I would say it's more um, more my African art dealers or my rug dealers. They're, you know, they're things that um, I buy a lot of. And if they sort of, and because I've been dealing with them for a long time, if they get something in that they think that, like I just, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of my African art dealers um had this really unusual set of benches, low benches, and he knew that that would be something I liked. And so I went the next, when I was in town next to see him, and literally 10 minutes before I got there, someone else had walked in and bought them. But so, you know, yeah. and the rug guy, if he sees something that he knows, because I am very particular, and so they, if they get something in that they think is, they will let me know, which is great. It's all that about it, relationships, yeah. you know, and people uh, letting you know, because I don't always go and I'm not always in town, so. Yeah, it's very nice of them. So, are you like when you when I when I think flea market and thrift store, I think like deals. Would you say that like these are because when you think of because they're not cheap, right? But no, but I mean for what it is, mm-hmm. like, do you feel mm-hmm. like you're getting a good not, value? N- um, yes and no. I mean, I think because I live in New York, you know, there's an uh, no. <laughs> when I go to the South and I'm in the thrift stores and finding, you know, this, I, I, yes, I think the, but that makes sense to me. You know, I mm-hmm. think I, being here, I have access to, particularly to the African um, pieces. I have, we have better access there. So in some ways I think that's, um, that's a better deal. Um, and sometimes I would say more on the clothing front, like I love to wear old men's white shirts. Mm-hmm. And so I can find those at the thrift store and they're always, you know, they're $25 here at the Housing Works or they're $5 at the Goodwill in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just, you know, it just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes um, I buy things and they're not a deal at all, but they're so unusual or interesting that I love having them. And it's, so yeah, I just, you know, it's one of a kind. Yes. So. Yeah. Do you just stop at all flea markets you see in thrift mm-hmm. stores? Doesn't matter. You, high <laughs> and low. antique stores. You're for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My, it's my always... family jokes that um, when we're all together, um, that they just walk behind me because they're like, you're like a drill sergeant. You're like, I'm fast because I sort of know and I can find things. And I'm like, okay, mom, Les, Aaron, <laughs> you, you know, so um, we do. We, we're a family that um, I grew growing up in Pickens. We had one of the biggest flea markets in the southeast was 10 minutes from our house. So we went all the time. And so we're a family that we're uh, love to antique thrift shop, you know, mm-hmm. flea market. What did your house look like growing up? Um, a lot. Well, my mom, it was interesting. I didn't grow up in a house. There was, I'm the oldest of five, so it was a crazy house. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But um, we ha- each had our own bedroom, so we each got to do what we wanted in it. And the main floor was the, you know, like where the kitchen and we had a big, great room, living room area, um, a big kitchen. And we, uh, my mom moved the furniture every season. So I didn't grow up thinking that you put a sofa somewhere or a rug or art and then it stayed that way for 30 years. We She moved it all the time. And as a kid, I can't say that I actually loved it because, mm-hmm. you know, you're lugging it. <laughs> Desk and tables. We we had three. It was a three story house, and so we're like you know lugging stuff around oh, up and downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, she so, taught y'all young. I uh, like that. Oh yeah, and repainting and rehanging art, and um, but it's something that's totally. I mean, I'm moving stuff. You know, I, I go to people's houses and I walk in and I'm like, okay, you gotta shove it. You know, I'm always it just 
putting things in a particular place. Um, oh, so you you go in and I, oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talk yeah. about that a lot. Like, uh-huh. is that rude? I can't quite decide. Yeah, I can't I'm pretty help sure myself. it probably is rude, but <laughs> I can't I can't help it. Do you do it when they're not looking? Or do no, you just say, I just, it's instinct. This. I do it in hotel rooms. Mm. I do it in like Airbnbs. I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't work. It doesn't, you know. So, um, <laughs> but the one thing I, I think consistently that I learned from my mom was that, um, things don't have to be in a certain way you know in the we had a big fireplace and in the winter everything got pulled into the fireplace and out to the windows in the summer um you know when the weather was nicer and floor-to-ceiling art we had tons and tons of art so i can say i grew up um and it wasn't expensive it was just stuff that we you know all, all found it our house too didn't we didn't have anything new in the house so new was less appealing to me because they had been things that my um they'd been given or that we'd found at a flea market or antique so um my and my all my siblings houses all look a whole lot like the childhood house that we grew up in (laughs) Uh in some form or fashion Uh uh-huh and then how has that affected your design business because your rooms look very eclectic and collected and unique you know those pieces that you're mm-hmm. finding out there that are so different and you're like you're saying couldn't replicate it mm-hmm. how has that translated itself into your interiors well you know not being formally trained in in this there's some definite deficiencies that i came into this that i've I'm, have learned and i'm still learning about design that I know because I have friends that have gone to school and have studied interior design or architecture and they come at it from a very different way. And I, I think, um, that it's hard to, um, I'm not, and the people that have hired me that I've worked with to design their homes or their offices, um, you know, it's such a personal, it's so, it's funny mm-hmm. to me to think about someone else decorating my house because mm-hmm. I can't really fathom that. So for me, it's so personal, but it's also very organic. You know, I don't go in with, I'm like, okay, this is kind of the general, I meet with clients to figure out how they're using this space, what they want to accomplish, what's working, what's not working, what we need to change. And I, I always say, look, you know, maybe we're going to do a Asian armoire to hide your TV mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's a big, big thing for me. Um, or, um, you know, but if we do that, we may want to not do a, you know, a Chinese coffee table. So it's all about, are we finding the right piece based on the scale and the functionality? So we sort of get those, the direction going, but then also allow my clients have always allowed me flexibility to say, um, okay, well, we've, we're, we're going to do this on more, but now we're going to change what we're maybe doing. Um, and so I would say it's a very organic, I don't present whole roomscape plans. I sort of go in and say, here's what I think we should do. And this is where we're going to work towards. And it probably takes longer, but, um, the people that hire me are okay with that. Uh And is there a big emphasis on functionality? It kind of sounds like you were saying, we figure out what they need and then we kind of fill in the You know, I think that's a core, I think it's a core question that I, I know having done this for almost 10 years now, how people use their space is when you're helping someone figure that out. I mean, I love to entertain. I have a small New York apartment. And um, for me, having a table that can seat six seems ridiculous, but it's something that I I want to have because I do entertain people and want people to be able to sit down at a table. Um, and it's really too big for my space, but I, you know. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, then I have clients that, or don't do that and don't entertain. And so it doesn't make sense to have, you know, put the emphasis or they watch TV and they want to have a cozy sofa. So I do think functionality um, for anybody's 
is key. Mm-hmm. Tell me about how you, you know, if you're mostly incorporating one of a kind pieces into your projects, how do you find them? Like, do you, are they in your storage unit or do you have to go out and look for something? Cause like that I could be like finding a needle table. in a mm-hmm. haystack. Uh-huh. Um, it, that I use, um, a lot of different resources. I mean, fortunately being in New York, we have access to so many great things. I'm a, um, I've been shopping with first dibs since they, you know, they came out for those pieces cause you can find, you know, beautiful Italian chandeliers from Italy that, you know, maybe can't find here, um, or other, you know, interesting pieces. And they, you know, if you do need something, which most of us need specific sizes of things yeah. you can it's a great resource um and then just you know chronically i'm always out i'm always looking um and so i have a bank of resources that i go to so you're figuring out what the space needs and then you're going out and finding yes it. yes and sometimes sure. it's a waiting game it is right and i'm not i'm not doing um i have friends in the industry that do a ton of custom sofas and building things mm-hmm. and i do that to an extent but um and that's a very different way of doing design so that when you're going to your clients, you know, a lot of uh, designers will say, all right, here's here's one option, here's a second option. And I'm doing, I don't do that very, very much. Mm-hmm. So I am saying here's sort of the general direction that I think the flow of the space, the aesthetic, and I will bring them examples of things that I mm-hmm. think work and sort of, but it's a very, I, th- I think it's, for me, it's a super collaborative process because they're the ones that are going to be living in the space. I'm not. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, if my, my, job is to help guide them towards things that you know people scale really throws people off a lot like you know you want something that's too small or too big and so for me that's where my job comes in to say that works that doesn't work we can do that I don't think that is the best use of the space you know those kinds of things yeah I think scale is something that everyone struggles with it's hard Uh how did did your family end up being um citizens of the world so to speak <laughs> uh, well so my um father his his father was an engineer that um so he grew up living all over the world and my grandfather's projects um they so they were in you know one place scotland for two years and then they'd be in they were in Jeddah and, and Riyadh and saudi arabia for many many years and they were in china and england and you know they were just in and so when my father was growing up he grew up traveling and living around the world. Um, And the reason we ended up in Pickens was that my grandfather, the company he worked for is based in Greenville. And so ended up driving, you know, 30 minutes out, buying this land and setting up. And then my grandparents didn't stay. They went to Saudi Arabia for a long time. Um, (laughs) But we ended up staying. And so, uh, you know, I think just being interested, you know, in the world. And we didn't grow up with the TV, so we read a ton National Geographical's why I wanted to be Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, reading fostered that love of things. And then um, my sister has lived abroad. She was married to a guy who was in the military. And so they lived in Spain and Puerto Rico and she's in Germany and Italy now. And my mom's um, lived abroad for many, many years in um, South Africa and uh, England and now in France. So Fun places to get to go visit. I love it. It's in your blood. It is. And it has to also help with all your shopping. It does. Well, just, (laughs) you know, I think um, part of the thing about uh, is being educated about what things, the the value. I mean, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the means, and I'm learning every day about there's, you know, I'm always excited when I see something new that I don't know what, you know, that I haven't ever seen before. I get to talk to a dealer about what is this and how is it, like, Mm -hmm. I was in a, 
<laughs> skiing. I've just started um, snow skiing for the first time, and I went by this amazing. Like my best friend's husband took me, and he indulged me by stopping by this in the middle of nowhere somewhere up north I don't even know where we were there's a huge <laughs> antique spot and I was like can you just pull over and we were in there for three hours and there are these dealers <laughs> oh that are French that are uh, this husband and wife they're amazing and they have world-class antiques in the middle of nowhere and one of the things I was like what is this and it was a painted gondolier chair from the 1700s I don't wow. know how in the world you would ever use that but it was so beautiful and so you know or finding like like when I was in Charleston do, doing the house tours and seeing like a secretary, like a judge's secretary that I, I had never in one of the houses and had, you know, tons of cabinets. So I love, you know, being exposed to seeing different things. I don't, I don't know anything about and exploring and sort of getting a sense of value and, and how much things are worth or, you mm-hmm. know. It's interesting how much of um, older furniture or antiques or, things like that are so specific in their design. They were designed mm-hmm. for this thing, mm-hmm. you know, yes. like mm-hmm. very, and like we were talking, everything's so massy. So we, you know, we, we about, we, we're often designing things that would have a broad appeal or solve a problem for many people. Right. Not just like, okay, a single mom with two kids who lives in South Carolina, who has a lot of like paper bills. Okay. Now what does she need? No, it right. has to be like for, every family member of the home. <laughs> right. Um, but it's, inter- I mean, they're so specific. And like yes. you said, like asking the dealer, what is this? Well, yes. this was for mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. this purpose. Yeah. I love, I mean, that's the best part is meeting people that are, I always love meeting dealers that are, they have a niche and they're so specific. And, you know, the things that you're like, what is this? Like how, I, like the things that existed that don't exist, like snuff boxes. Right. I mean, they're be- they're <laughs> so interesting and not inexpensive. And I'm sort of fascinated with them as objects because they're so, you know, sometimes they're carved out of shoes and then they're made out of horn and they're all, the- I'm like, that's funny to think about a time where people actually used a Carved out of boxes. shoes? Is that what you said? They're ca- the little wooden carved shoes and that's what the, you know. Oh, oh it's so, the shape of a shoe. Yeah. So, you know, okay. you have all these funny, <laughs> I they you know. took a shoe and made it into a <laughs> snuff box. So, you know, <laughs> I love, I love Yuck. learning about stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that you collect? Oh gosh! I, I mean, you, you obviously. Have, but is there um, any, is there one particular thing that you're like every? Yeah, time it's I so see interesting one, because um, I always say that everything I own is for sale, and that's pretty pretty much true. Because I do believe that on any given day, more or less, you can walk out and there's so many beautiful things to buy and to find. You may not find them all on that day, but I know you know having done this for long enough and having bought and sold so many things now that there's always something great. Um, you know, I just found this really incredible ring in Florence that I don't think I'll ever get rid of, but you never know. <laughs> um, I, but I was, when I was looking, um, to do this, um, trunk show, I was going through all of my things thinking about what I would take, um, for this garden and gun, um, event. I pulled out, you know, so my apartment was a crazy mess and I had things grouped by sort of category and I have a huge collection of tin so like this beautiful it's a lot of it's um from the middle east so it's persian it's turkish it's from egypt and they're not super expensive and i've been buying them for years and they're all these little you know mostly vessels that you i use for flower arrangements Mm -hmm. or things or trays and i have sort of a huge collection Mm -hmm. and i thought these are really interesting and grouped all together i could see it sort of down the table and have flowers and i thought Oh, I don't think I can do it. So I put them back. <laughs> and then I was you like, could sell that you can part with it. I couldn't. I was like, oh, oh you know, because I've been collecting them uh-huh. for years uh-huh. and yeah. I, I've gotten enough of a collection that I think, and I do, I use them. So, yeah. you know, 
Like, and they oh. all look good together. It's something where them. you yeah. mass. They're all it. sort of that silvery, coppery. They're unusual shapes. They look old. They're not precious. Um, and so I, I don't think I could part with them. So you <laughs> must not be too sentimental. No, if you, so. not at all. Not not at all. Um, the things that I am f- sentimental about are not any. They're nothing that I've bought. They're things that. Um, I've, you know, shells and rocks. We're also a big family that picks up shells and rocks. And we're always like face planted <laughs> somewhere, like looking for rocks. And so the other, if you come to my apartment, you'll be like, they're in the, there's stacks of them in the shower. They're, they're everywhere. So things that I wouldn't get rid of that have no value because I was with my mom or my sister or my best friend. And we were, you know, snorkeling in two feet of water in the Caribbean and found, you know, the yeah not super sentimental about stuff. <laughs> Fortunately, it would be really hard. Although sometimes I do look back over my inventory when I'm going over things and think, wait, I had that and now I don't have it? (laughs) Yes. That's the hoarder in you. Yes, that is the hoarder in me, for sure. Where'd it go? Uh-huh. So do you? Where do you store it all now? Do you? Did you get rid of that uh, storage a, unit? Uh huh. The storage <laughs> unit, and mostly the storage unit was for um, furniture, and I don't really sell. It just became way too cumbersome and, mm-hmm. um, and difficult. Shipping and shipping yeah. is so expensive. When I started mm-hmm. this business, it it wasn't like it it is now. So um, most of um, what I have, um, I do have some things that I've, I have in South Carolina. Um, with people that have a lot more space. Um, and I do have most of it in my apartment here. Are you ever going to open a physical store? You know, it's interesting. I I actually have been thinking about this for the past three or four years. I think retail, um, people say that retail is dead, and I don't believe that. I don't either. But uh-huh. I, I think that it's not being done particularly well. And so one of my favorite things to ask people, no matter where I am in the world, because I'm just curious, um, is where do you where do you shop? And I don't, I don't, I mean, for anything, like, where do you buy your groceries? Where do you buy your clothes? What, what shops do you like? And um, because I think, and consistently the two that come up, um, one doesn't exist anymore. Do you remember Takashimaya? Um, it was on Fifth Avenue near here. And it, when I moved to New York, I, I had no money, and I, but I would just go in there almost every week because they had in the bottom floor, you walked in, and it was this amazing floral department. You could buy fresh flowers, but it also had like, beautiful clippers and pots and it was just like walking into some sort of utopian garden heaven and so <laughs> that's a place that people always talk about and John Darian mm-hmm. and I love John Darian it's not my personal aesthetic but every time I'm in there I buy something a little something and I feel like you go in the store and it's experience the whole place and mm-hmm. en- en- envelops you and it's always changing you, you know it's different and so um and having done the this trunk show um in Charleston I've never done a trunk show like that where it was I was taking over space and it was really all the things that I had brought down um I had a moment of panic when I was setting up I was like oh my god what am I doing and it worked you know I got it all and figured out like the physical setup of a space and figured out how that that might look and how everything might work together and what might be appealing um and you know being there for the opening I got some great it was good to get feedback um and so I feel like it's something I'm thinking about. It's just so expensive. You mm-hmm. know, real estate. I've looked at real estate in New York and um, I don't know. That's one of the reasons I opened mm-hmm. the online store, Beetle, because it was an easier, I do realize that people shop. But then also watching people try on things and talk about things and hold things. It's yeah, a very that different experience. You get when you walk mm-hmm. into so I have an idea of what a shop would look like in my head and I have lots of lists of things that I would have and do and 
But whether that'll happen or not, I don't know. Maybe you should open <laughs> Time will in tell. South Carolina. <laughs> Maybe. I'm Be kind cheaper. of a New York girl, though. Well, you don't have to live there. You could go know. quarterly, make sure it's styled out right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no. Have I don't a video know, camera and no. you could like yell through it like the Wizard she's of Oz. A, she's a yes person. So. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I think if it were the the right situation, um, I'm certainly open to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I think I think, you know, for all the reasons that people think retail is dead, it is hard. And I think, you know, my particular design aesthetic and sensibilities are not for everyone. And um, as my younger sister likes to remind me all the time, she's like, I mean, I love it, but does anybody else? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Sisters so, you know, are harsh. It, it's it's <laughs> a very, you know, um, we'll see. I don't know. Time will tell, like you said. Time will tell. You haven't even figured out your first career. No. (laughs) Maybe you should get on it since the clock is ticking. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a fun journey. You know, people plop themselves into something and like, what's Mm -hmm. what I do? But you don't do that. I like it. I feel like I cyber-stalked your apartment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it the one with the navy walls? Um, Well. Or is that an older one you had? No, um, because I have paint, because I do believe paint is the quickest, best fix of all Mm -hmm. to change things. And I... um, they're black. It's black. Okay, mm-hmm. the dark walls. And then you have like the marbly wall in the bathroom. Yes, with, like the skull. Yes, and then you just put some sort of sticker tile up. What is yes. that? So I have a um, in your bathroom. Yes, so I have a an apartment right at the top of Central Park that I lived in for almost seventeen years. So almost as long as I've been in New York, and it's a rental. And so I. I've swapped out, I've changed out the kitchen, the countertops, I've painted, I've done a lot of things that I physically could do, but the bathroom was really safe gutting it. It just was not good. And I'd painted it a million different ways. And oh gosh, about eight years ago, I when Pearl River was still on Broadway mm-hmm. uh, down in Soho, I walked in um, and saw that this marbleized wrapping paper. And so I bought some because I thought, oh, that's cool. And then I got home and I thought, this is interesting. Maybe I could use it in the bathroom because the cup, there's some like makeup brown, not attractive. It's that and white. And well, maybe this would be a way to, to hide it. So it worked. So you like, wallpapered with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wrapping paper. Not maybe the best idea I've ever had. It looks um, good. But um, <laughs> it's because uh, it, you know, it's not really, you're not supposed to do paper in a bathroom. But it made it, and I did it on the ceiling. So the whole, you know, in the, the, in the, the window, all of it. I did it all. So that was a huge, um, funnily enough, it got photographed and it's now been in book. I always just sort of laugh because it's this little tiny New York bathroom. I'm, I wonder how you got back far enough to take the photo, uh, to be yeah. honest. Because it, it like once you understand uh-huh. that it's as tiny as it is, because yeah. of course I'm like dissecting it's it. It's tiny. <laughs> and I'm like, that's it's a small. little tiny bathroom. Mm-hmm. It is. You, how, were you standing in the tub? No, back in the hall with <laughs> my back up against the... Okay. Um, but, uh, and then the, the floor had this tile, which I've tried to, you know, hide with a rug and it's a funny shape. So it never really did it. And I just, I hated it. And so Mirth um, Design Studio out of Charleston does these beautiful, and I met her right when she launched this this business that she had of the hardwood flooring, the pattern, and loved it. And um, she just come out with, was had for a couple of years, these peel and stick tile. They're so brilliant. So when I came back from Charleston, I had bought these tiles to do in the bathroom because I was like, oh, this is going to work. It's going to be great. But I have no skill sets. So I was like, who's <laughs> going to do this? And my mom is here visiting and my younger brother, who's super talented and helps you with a lot of stuff. I had come in and they'd done it for me as a surprise. Aww, it's a huge game awesome. changer. Yeah. I just walk by and I look at it. I'm like, 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. It makes me so happy. And you know, if I ever give up the apartment and which, you know, I don't think that I can or will because it's just too good a spot, but I can peel it. It comes right off. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really brilliant. Cool. I have to ask about it. I'm sorry that I'm obsessed with this tile. It's on her Instagram, you guys, too. You'll see. Okay. So, though, does the tile have to be the same shape as the tile you stick no. it to? The one that it, no, it doesn't. So it's the tile that I stuck it to is little tiny. Yeah, like know, the hexagonals or penny tiles or something. Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't. It doesn't need to be. And it works. Just, it Does, works. Is there like grout? Like how? No, it's peel and stick. So it's like a vinyl. It's literally not much thicker. It's a very durable vinyl. Like, She's about, it's brilliant. It's really, really good. And like you could do it on, she does like, you know, you can do it on any myriad of, of surfaces. So. And but, some of them look like hardwood floor, painted hardwood. That's what they were. So she does yeah. this painted wood and it's her designs that she's figured out doing onto this Feeling cool. sick. So it's like great for, you know, think about doing conventions where you need to do something, you know, like you're not, you want to do something oh, like interesting. Like space. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty cool, you guys. You're going to be I'm about to do my, um, she's got, they, she sent me a message that they're releasing some new designs. I'm going to wait and see. But the bathroom, the hall, the kitchen's sort of right across the hall. And so I'll, the kitchen's up next. <laughs> Tiny space, but it's just, it's so fun and mm -hmm. it's easy to do. Is your black paint matte or gloss? It's matte. Okay. Just like kind of having a chalkboard, so mm, not yeah. you know, it's not perfect. It looks good in well, photos. It, it's interesting. <laughs> I you know I I had painted the, my hall black, and I have a huge collection of, of um, etchings and um, that I've been collecting for years, and they were in the hall, sort of floor to ceiling, and I painted the hall first, um, and thought well, this is interesting, and I thought well I'm just going to go and do the whole living room, and I did it, and it changed the feeling of all of the art. And the way everything felt. So it mm -hmm. felt like I had all new stuff. I didn't have anything new. Right. It just changed. It was, it's a great backdrop. And you kept the ceiling light? I did. Mm -hmm. I did. I'm only asking these for personal reasons. I have, tall, <laughs> you tell? I have tall ceilings, so it helps. And I don't know that I would ever paint a ceiling in a living space black. But my bedroom, I, I am going to repaint it and I will paint the ceiling. Because mm -hmm. I have tall ceilings. I just feel like it's more enveloping. And it's funny looking in the space when I sit there and I think why wouldn't you paint the ceiling right yeah why right. not some people do it like a you know a lighter one shade lighter mm -hmm. that's okay but being in Charleston recently and um reminded me of like the light blue you know you, yeah you know it's just it's a nice it's a nice transition it's yeah. different it's pretty yeah. I just like all those tidbits those are all mm -hmm. really good for yeah. like people listening that you just like took control you're like Oh, I'm gonna make this into wallpaper. I'm gonna make this happen. Yeah. And even if it's not long term, you know, you yeah. Yeah. you added look that made you happy, made right. the space happy. And obviously, once it, I'm assuming, deteriorated by this comments, so <laughs> no, it's probably, still there. No, it's still on the walls. Yes, oh, good. except that sometimes when I have you know like guests over, because um, I have a two bedroom and a small second bedroom, and so I'm like, can you just leave the door cracked? <laughs> because you know I have sealed the paper, um, but it's Ugh. not. Yeah. So um it's not perfect, but it's much better than what it was. And more and it interesting. Makes you happy. And it and does you make didn't, me happy. And the fact again, you were creatively yeah. just were like, I'm gonna do this. And yeah. you did it. Yeah. I think people get in rentals and they feel like, Oh, I can't I can't do anything. I can't do anything till I buy my house. Uh uh. Get in there. I agree. Well, and I, I think it's also a budget thing, but I well, feel true. like well if, if you're gonna live there, if you're gonna if it's gonna bring you enjoyment for a year. 
That's worth it to right. me. Well, we have people who live in a house who are like, I'm not going to renovate for another five years. Should I paint the kitchen? You're like, what? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Five I, years. Yeah. It's a lifetime. Do everything yeah. you possibly can. And I think, can. too, when you do something like that, it just instantly improves the space. I'm, I'm such a... I feel like, you know, your environment and how you feel in a space, which sounds hokey, I know, no, but it's, it's true. really true. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole premise of our podcast. Yeah. So, so, we're on board. <laughs> you know, um, I, I feel like it just, it's worth it. Yeah. I agree. Makes you happy. Okay. Speaking of giving people the power to make changes in their home, uh-huh. I think we should do some dilemmas. Should we do our decorating dilemma? Yeah. It says, hey there, I love the podcast. I've been listening since y'all started. My husband and I are buying a house down the street from your Atlanta store. We're so excited. Of course, it's fairly small, and we're sacrificed a small dining room, or a formal dining room and a formal living room. Mm -hmm. My struggle is, how do I bring the space together to satisfy my traditional red formal style, but keep the space completely livable? I hope that makes sense. I've attached pictures of the current owner's decor so you can get a feel for the room. Some ideas I've included. No rug in the dining room. Round, refinished, dark, stickly dining table with wooden dining chairs. No upholstery. Large, or 14 by 13 um, room. Area rug in the living room. The second specific struggle is, what should I do on either side of the fireplace? I love symmetry, but given the Cape Cod style, I think I could play with two different ideas here. Maybe a light bookcase on one side with a secretary on the other. Help, I can't be anything very deep. I also put our colossal TV above the fireplace. It is colossal, Kate. And I'm searching for a colossal Chinese screen to copy Maggie Griffin's cover, the TV technique. Where should I go? Don't say Scott's. <laughs> Thanks. Love the podcast and can't wait for the next Scott's episode. Scott's is the place to go. Yeah. Scott's well, is it the sounds like she's been there. been there and I am dying. So yeah, when I come down, I'm gonna, you'll have to take me. Oh, yeah. We'll, go. we'll to take go. you in two seconds. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's only um, once a month, so plan your trip around that. Definitely. Second, second weekend. Okay. Wait, y'all remind me what Maggie Griffin did on her, her cover. She had, she found, yeah, and I'll just, I'll describe it for everyone. Um, She found a Chinese screen yeah. that was four panels. Uh-huh. And then she put it on hinges. Oh, okay. And then she mounted that over the television so then she can hinge it open yes. just like cabinet doors. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then can close it when necessary. Got it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. she's got a very light house. It's, like, so it's the, got wainscoting and... Yeah. All of this furniture is not yeah. hers. These are all... This is all owners. Yes. The current the owner's pre- yeah. furniture. But okay. she wants to do a brown stickly table, a very, very large rug, and no rug in the dining space. Yes, she's traditional. I saw something interesting recently that I kind of loved. I don't know if she would like this idea, if she might hate it. But um, one of our upcoming guests is Anne Maxwell Foster of Tilton Finwick. Tilton one of my Finwick. favorites. <laughs> They're so talented, right? We are such good pals. Oh, good. Well, so um, her house in House Beautiful, and I can put a link to it, she put banquettes on either side of the fireplace. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so genius because it, it it is kind of an awkward, you know, when your fireplace is like right neck, like it's flush. There's not bookcases built in. Yeah. But this is kind of a small living room, and so she might want extra seating like when guests come over it wouldn't be your seating when you're watching television obviously right. but if you're having cocktails or or your friends are over um that could be kind of fun and it it would be symmetrical 
Mm-hmm. And then maybe yeah. she does like a big mirrors over the top or art or something like that. I don't know. That's just an idea. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. The one thing I think about, this is always a quandary, and I, I sometimes win this battle and sometimes I don't. And part of it is just because I don't, I've never owned a TV. I didn't grow up with them. So they don't hold any charm for mm-hmm. me. And I think it's objects, and I know men disagree. <laughs> even though they're so much better now than they used to be, um, I don't think they're objects of beauty. So when I look at this space, and all I see is a big black nothing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, so my natural tendency is how can we hide this? And right. when you have these big TVs like we do now, it becomes a really challenging oh. situation because mm-hmm. there's finding an armoire that will house it is a little bit. And in this space here is a more narrow, small space. So I think doing something... Um, you know, I've built in, I've had this situation where I've had someone build in, I've designed and had something built where the TV was recessed and there were the doors that covered over. Mm-hmm. So, and it was something similar um, to this because I feel like, you know, your your focal point looking at that is not, so I think I love the idea of the, the screens mm-hmm. being, finding those mm-hmm. and putting them over. I think you're going to have a little bit of a height issue because it looks like that's, you don't have a lot of space to work with um but like to your point this whole room it's it you walk right into the room from right. your front door and there's stairs in front of you that go up and then your living room's a little to the left and then through that's the dining room that and this is a very very open space she's trying to do but the whole thing is very light white and sort of spa blue and then the only thing in there that's dark is this giant tv mm-hmm. and then the firebox mm-hmm. and they're both black right there uh and it is like you said it catches your eye and it's it's holds it <laughs> <laughs> yes. It does hold on. I feel mm-hmm. like also to having a, a bigger rug that would just em- envelop that whole space. Yeah. And really, s- since these two spaces do um, do join and, um, well, though you do have the separation of the hall, I think that would be a great thing to do. So you would do one big rug? Yeah. But not n- just for the for the, yeah. the one, the rug that they have that's in there right now is too small. Too little. Yeah, too and small. and the, the idea of no rug in the dining space, it could be very correct because you also walk through the dining space and there's a door. Mm-hmm. So you can't Maybe really that goes center outside. a rug. I guess you could, but you wouldn't put your table on the center. No. There. And the other thing about, I'm not, I'm not really, a f- I'm not a huge fan of rugs and dining rooms mm-hmm. just because I feel like that's, you're asking for them to be, I mean, I'll do mm-hmm. cowhides because you kind of those just hose them off. Yeah, them off. those are mm-hmm. so easy. Um, and so I don't feel like it's necessary. And I think if you got the right size rug in this entry room, it would really help make it cohesive. Yeah. Okay, now that I'm seeing this mm-hmm. this other picture that I didn't obviously look close, I feel like that banquet idea is terrible. Oh, you do? So ignore it. Well, I just don't know that there's enough space. The de- I think the depth of the room is pretty narrow. And yeah. I, I really sort of feel like that, that both of these pieces of furniture are a little bit too big. Yeah. You need a, a little bit more narrow, a little bit the arms, something that's not as – you need something mm-hmm. a little bit um, more refined and less boxy. Uh-huh. Um, and I, the stickly furniture um, – I, I don't I think it's gonna be heavy and dark yeah. in that space. So I would see something. I don't know what her aesthetic is, but she's um, so formal. Yeah. She's formal. traditional. Well, she's sacrificed. So she's sacrificing oh. a formal dining and a formal living room. So I think because of this, this is like one of those cases where a space really does, in some ways, dictate what you're going to do. Because I think if you put heavy, a lot of heavy things in a mm-hmm. narrow space, dark mm-hmm. things. I have an idea. Okay. What about this, you guys? Since her dining room is sort of wonky because you do walk through it, so it sort of throws the whole thing off center. 
What if she took that corner of the dining room and did put a banquet in there, something like an interesting totally print agree. or something? It's a great idea. Stick it right there in the corner. She could still have her little round table. Totally agree. But you could do a print or something light yes. or something on there, and it would make that seem so much more intentional. Totally agree. Okay, I have love But it. she'd I have, have to move her chandelier over to be over the table and not in the middle of the room. It's sort of weird that it's in the middle of the room. That doesn't bother me as much. No, because okay. I think, you know, then – I mean, that's like one of those design things. I mean, yeah. do, you, do you focus, you know, and do you – do you change that even though it's in the center of the room because it's over? So to me, and well, it's, it's true, a smaller it's also space. It's in the middle of that arch, and yeah. it'd be weird if it was. Yeah, so that, that doesn't bother me mm-hmm. quite as much, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what sort yeah. of a strange suggestion, but I don't know. Maybe she could play with it. I feel like she needs to get on our room planner and like map this out for some different layout options, but you might also consider swapping the rooms and like putting the living space in the back because i feel like the living space or sorry the dining space in the back since it's it's but it's tiny caroline is yeah. it not yeah but I, see the, i think i this think this front room i just feel like it's well maybe it's just the way that it's laid out here but it just it doesn't work at all like the the way that the builder has done this is pushed right, up yeah. against the staircase i think it that's it a little no bit. Sense. Yeah, that's a little Mash agree. that stuff up towards the fireplace and don't have something long on the end so you can get it close to the fireplace with just a chair on each mm-hmm. end or something. Mm-hmm. So you can walk behind the sofa. Yeah, but then you're so close to that giant yeah. TV that you're going to be I like. Think you're fl- I think flow is probably an issue here because I don't know where the, the door that's on mm-hmm. the other side leads to, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. do go right up the stairs and into the room. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you changed the scale and made maybe the sofa depth a little more narrow, and then if you did... Right here, what I my suggestion from these windows, because you don't want to block the light, because right. that really is a primary light, and not that sofa. When I look at that, I would get rid of the curtains. I would just have the, it looks like they just maybe have um, shutters or blinds mm-hmm. or something. Leave that, because um, I think that's a visual distraction. I would do two really comfortable, but right sort of scaled um, armchairs. Um, and then a nice table in between the two of them. So you pushed it out just a little bit, but you didn't. So then it takes up the space a little bit beside mm-hmm. the actual um, wall on mm-hmm. the other side of the fireplace. And then just do a more narrow um, sofa. Yeah. yeah. It's a very oversized sofa for this room. It mm-hmm. doesn't need to be that big. And I think that the coffee table obviously needs to go maybe a little bit closer so that you're walking through the flow of the space so that's you're not walking mm-hmm. around it. You're walking sort of mm-hmm. maybe through it might help. Yeah. Um, and then you could do a bar. How about doing a bar on the other side Love of it. the? That's perfect. Yeah. Right. Because you've got the fireplace. You your little dining area, and then your other do a really great looking bar. Yeah. And then when you're having dinner parties, you could set that bar up mm-hmm. with like dessert or mm-hmm. um, I don't yeah. know booze. My Definitely fave. get in the room planner and map it out because yeah, yeah room planners. You're are gonna have to. And and maybe like even just get on Pinterest or somewhere and look up living rooms that have floor plans that you can kind of test drive. Yeah, like walk through living room. I think you can put on Pinterest and you'll see some floor plans and stuff. Yeah, but to like we were just stating, it it totally depends on how she uses the space, yes. right? So if she does have friends over and cocktails, I think having a beautiful little bar there would be great. But if she reads a lot, yeah, I think two matching great looking bookcases mm-hmm. maybe they are more organic mm-hmm. on either side of the fireplace would look gorgeous and, and maybe yeah. you're putting another chair over there so you've got plenty of you know mm-hmm. of seating on that, that what about too. moving the tv well what that's always she, my question i was like does right. it have to be here but i mean does it have to be where it is couldn't it be like for instance between the two windows so that the whole room orients the other way yeah. mm-hmm. or 
on one of the sides, you know, you could mm-hmm. put some really great bold art above the fireplace. So it, you know, kind of counterbalances the giant television, um, depending on how big it is. But in a room this size, you don't need a TV that big. No. And I, I feel like she should maybe lobby her husband to scale it down because here's the thing. The room is so small that in order to get far enough back, you're going to, because they've mounted it so crick. high yeah, and it's so big, hard. like it just, it, I never understand putting TVs over fireplaces because it, it, to me, I don't find it comfortable to it's watch. It's not comfortable. I don't find it you comfortable to watch. You could even put it on Unless the wall. Unless you can sit staircase. Far yeah, the back. staircase mm-hmm. wall. You could put it on the staircase wall. Mm-hmm. You know, you could put it on the some issue very, with that very, is then you've got your console. back to the fireplace. But you could put, I don't know, you like swivel gliders or something in front yeah, of the fireplace. Yeah, to me, you have to do like four chairs and not. Because I don't think you have, you know, even if you did your little... You guys have, which I've bought before, um, the little like two-seater um, you settee want something things. New? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, oh, we're all, reporting you to the vintage police. Uh, of course, Nikki. no. I, listen, I, it's a mix. It's all about you all know. about the mix. And you know, when you have small, I, you know, small spaces like that where you just need, you can't really have a full size sofa. I love doing two facing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but if these, if they're big TV watchers, there's really no way to navigate because when you, if you want to sit on your sofa and put your feet up and, and you can't, right, you're right. not gonna be able to do that. But right. if you're less of, if you watch TV less frequently, you know, having, unfortunately, I don't know in this space, you might, it depends, you might have enough space to do two smaller on either side yeah. and yeah, then like change that layout and then get that off the wall of the fireplace, mm-hmm. I mean, of the, the staircase and then do the TV smaller and then still do your bar, you know, change right. things up that way. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say about this space, um, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this because um, <laughs> Tilton Fenwick will say something completely different, but um, I would I would paint it all white, mm. like a really beautiful, warm white. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. the whole I, envelope. I, yeah. I, yeah. And I just think it would help open up mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the visual because that floor seems to be sort of already brown and I don't know mm-hmm. what her colors are, but, um, and I also feel like painting paint the banister. The, I never understand paint that. Paint that banister. Why? Wood, I that, don't understand mm-mm. that. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Mm-mm. And, and it's, you it know, it looks dated. It looks like 1985. Well, it's just, a, it's and an easy And I think it's fix. a new house. Yeah. Get out your can of paint and paint that banister. Yeah. Easy, that's an, easy. You may have to touch it up every year, but mm-hmm. it's worth it. Have a magic just, eraser. Just makes it goes away. Should I mean, it be black? Yeah, what color should she paint it? White. Whatever. No, all white. Yeah. yeah she paints I, this whole thing white, make it white. Yeah. Mm. I, I, that's what I would do. I think that yeah, would be better. I don't get the banister being that color. People do it a lot, though. Builders, I think, do it. And let me tell you something else. Here's something else I would do, and I've done this before in projects, where I would have just made this a solid wall. Which one are we looking the, at? The, where the banister, the wall, you know. Oh, yeah. Why do we need why, to look at the you stairs? Know, don't, you don't it's need. It's not functional. It's no. not helpful to so me. So then it gives you, it would have given them a, another wall. Put or, furniture, TV. Yeah, they could have left the sofa mm-hmm. there without it seeming like your back is in the stairs. Right. Right. But your new home is great. It is. It's cute. <laughs> we're not, we are not dissing your house. No. It's adorable. And we love that you're close to us at our office and store. Yay. Come visit us and buy everything you need for this room. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Okay. That was a lot of questions. And you guys are going to have to go look at the pictures to understand most of what we were talking about. It's, you know what? I, small spaces are wonderful. So it, it seems, I think it seems like maybe we were feeling a little negative on her about how it's tricky, but she'll figure it out. Yeah, and like, little puzzles. Yeah, you just have to. Yes. Test she's, things. Yeah. She has to be realistic about how she's using it. Like yeah. once she gets in there. Yes. And, and you're right, Caroline, with the room planner, you can know exactly what you're looking for when you go shopping. So you're not going to make expensive yeah. decisions, mostly being the wrong size sofa 
or chairs that are too big or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. put it in there, measure it out, get the mm -hmm. feeling for it. And and check online too for stuff like how much space do I need between my coffee table and my sofa? How much space do I, you know, for mm -hmm. walking around and that kind of thing. It'll give you good guidelines so you understand. And blue blue painter's tape is your friend. If, you, right. if, you're, if you're struggling, I mean, I do this. I do this all the time. I did this with my sister's apartment before she moved in and, um, she has a big open space, but you know, we took all the measurements and measure, and we blue taped it out, and we changed stuff based on that because you know you sort of think you know what you're going to do, mm -hmm. and then you get in there and you think, oh well, this doesn't give me maneuverability around mm -hmm. the sofa or the whatever, and so mm -hmm. blue tape is a really easy thing <laughs> to do. Yeah, it gives you a, a good visual on a space. Perfect. All right. Well, that was easy. Cool. I mean, for us, <laughs> <laughs> we're not moving in. So yeah. Good luck, Kate. Nikki, could you tell everyone where they can find and follow you? Uh, yes. So um, I have an Instagram account that's just my name, which is Nikki Clendenning. Um, and that's both Scout and Beetle. So it's sort of just, I'm not a very good Instagram person. Um, <laughs> not a very good tech savvy person, but I try. And I realize that when you're, you know, I just found these really beautiful um, vintage bags. So, you know, it's like one of those days where I found three. And, you know, I wasn't looking for them or anything, but it just happened to be a day where I found three gorgeous vintage bags. So I'm, you know, um, I realize that people want to see that. And it's a great way to interact with people. I have lots of people message mm -hmm. me and, you know, what about that bag? And so I love that. So have you already I, sold them all? Um, maybe. Mm -hmm. I can't yeah. figure out if I'm going to awesome. get rid of that. The, the leopard one that yeah, you love so much. I, it's pretty cute. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I'll carry it for a season and I'll think, okay, well. I'm all right with that, which I love. I mean, I love that, you know, someone else carried it, whatever. I mean, and yeah. the other great thing about these bags that I got, almost in every one of them, and I, this cracks me up because I bought them from dealers. You know, they weren't in a thrift store. They were from people that had them in, you know, shops and things. Um, there's always a lipstick and like a, a match. or something. It was because they're from the 50s. I'm like, what is this? It's, it's so, it's so funny because then, you know, someone carried it and oh, yeah. had it and, you know, then you've inherited it. I always kind of love that. That is awesome. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. We yeah, love having you. Thanks for having me. Southern contingency here. That's right. So much fun. <laughs> All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We'd love to read them and it helps people find the show. So thank you for that. For everyone who's left one. You can find all of the show notes for this episode at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. And of course, we would love for you to subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And of course, send your decorating questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net and we'll answer them on a future episode. And until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.